Welcome to Buy the Books, the podcast helping business owners navigate the complex world of business, tax, and bookkeeping. Now to the owner and president of Secline, Lindsay Klein. Thanks for joining us, everyone. This is Lindsay Klein with Secline, honest, accurate bookkeeping performed on time and your host of Buy the Books. I'm here today with Zach Pritchard. Did I say it right? Yes. Perfect. You're with All Around Coaching, consulting with businesses to help with culture and communication. Thanks for joining me today. No problem. Thanks for having me. So how did you get into this? What got you started down this trajectory of helping with culture and communication? So I, I mean, back all the way up to college, I have a wallet, bachelor's in wildlife management degree, which is not related at all. But I, it got me into the world of, I spent nine months trying to find a job with Parks and Wildlife, didn't find one. So I took a job in Prosper with a company called Pond Medics. We did pond and lake management across the DFW Metroplex. And um, so when we did, as we were building that company, I started helping hire, started helping building the, the team, the culture and and that sort of thing. So when I first started, there was three of us. And then in the six years there, we lost a few, gained a few. And But when I left, there was 12. And so I did I had a lot of hand in that growing stage of building the, the team, developing the team, hiring the right people, and struggling to find the right people, as a lot of business owners are now. And so that's what kind of got me into business world, a uh, small business side. And so I just found a real love and passion for that culture aspect and really doing a lot to create a way that people would stay, uh, a way that, or something that keeps them here at, at our company. And of course, it's a big thing, job satisfaction. Everybody wants to stay and kind of have that security. So that's something that was real a passion for me. So when I was, and we'll talk a little bit about it here in a little bit, but the, the issues that we had at that company and why I left is what now has got me into my own business doing I started with uh, financial coaching, helping be- people do personal uh, budgets and stuff, uh, just the personal behavior around finances. But then it just got kept drawn into that culture side with the communication stuff. Started writing a book on the communication, and that's kind of what pulled me into that culture. Um, so you've aspect. authored a book now. It is being published soon. Okay, uh, what's it? What's going to be called? Even impact. Even uh, impact. Okay, and. Did you ever think that you would be authoring a book? Has that always been a dream of yours? No, it's never, no, it, really. It, it hasn't been a dream of mine at all. So even in high school, I was I was the guy that didn't read read at all. I did cliff notes, and even then, I halfway did it at that point. So I was barely skipping by in English class. Like just not that was not my thing. Interesting. Um, so how do you go from being a kid who doesn't read? hates English to now writing a book and helping people with communication. So it, it all started with two things. A, a book that the first book I read cover to cover was Dave Ramsey's Total Money Makeover in college. I just had my, uh, just had a baby in college and so I was like man I gotta get this figured out. I was watching everybody else struggle. I was struggling so I read his book and it changed the whole my whole mindset of not just finances but everything. And so I started listening to his podcast and his stuff at the time. And one of the quotes that he said or that he had on there that was Charlie Tremendous Jones. And he says, you'll you'll be the same person in five years as you are today, except for the people you meet and the books you read. And so hmm. that one, it the just The people lit. you meet and the books you read. That's right. pretty impactful. It, it lit a fire in me to read and learn from people. And so it got me on this personal growth 
path, I guess you'd call it, and just, I mean, I'm on fire with it now. So. Interesting. So after that, I read all, I've read books, I mean, every I mean, every month I'm reading something. So Nice. What are you in the middle of right now? Well, I'm rereading uh, Dave Ramsey's Entree Leadership book. Uh, we do a book study every week, and we kind of read a chapter and go over it. So I'm rereading that. I just read a book on how to get published. <laughs> oh, nice. Which is kind of ironic, but helps helping me kind of get that, lay out that book launch and get that going. And so I'm reading that as well. So. so the name, Even Impact, how did you come up with that name? What does it mean? So it, you know, I was, when I was looking at doing the book, I had this, I started laying out what I thought maybe I could put in it. And one of the things is my wife, I told my wife I was going to write a book and she laughed at me a little bit. Um, and so it just made me even more, you know, motivated to do it. But, um, so I kind of laid out all the stuff that I thought would kind of fit in there. And the th- important things were like expectations, verbal and nonverbal communication. The empathy one was a big one for me because that's uh, what a lot of my team was at the time was saying that I didn't have empathy. And I'm like, that's not what I meant. So how did how was I giving what message was I sending that I wasn't intending to send? Interesting. Um, and so that's what kind of got. Do you feel like you figured that out? I mean, I'm more aware of it. Is it figured out completely? No, because I still send messages that I don't intend to. Mm. And I don't know that that'll, that'll ever change. But it's that process of seeing the disconnect when you're talking to somebody and going, okay, I need to clarify that now rather than waiting until it Do you have a up. good example of where you've had issues with that? Yeah, I mean, so... A lot of the ones that I guess from an empathy standpoint is you know just just recently this this weekend we uh, I'm not the guy that um, I don't know if y'all have heard of uh, Patrick Lencioni but the working genius he talks about a little different personalities in the workspace but he's got one that's called enablement which is kind of my my connection to that empathy side of me and so it's the, the mom of the group it's the one that helps that always likes to help people and they're always asking quite how are you doing how are you feeling so that's that empathy they're, they're wanting to listen to your story and your your plan so but even just this weekend we're sitting my wife's gone out, out of town so i'm taking my kids to a birthday party and we get all the way up to the birthday party and uh, my daughter tells me 10 minutes before we get there and we're, we're it's neighbors so we're walking up to the house and she's like, oh, yeah, mom told me to remind you that we were supposed to get a birthday gift for the birthday party. I'm like, oh, yeah, that would be that'd be right. And I'm like, as an adult, I'm sitting there like, why am I not thinking? I'm going to a birthday party. I need to have a gift to take to this three-year-old birthday party. It never dawned on me. I don't know why. <laughs> so <laughs> it's just one of those, like, that's that empathy side. Like, there, she's always thinking about that type of, like, giving and helping somebody. And I'm just like... Apparently, I'm oblivious to it a little bit, but <laughs> I've laughed at it all weekend since. I'm just like, I don't understand what was going through my mind to not think about that. It's a birthday party. You're supposed to walk in with a gift. How has that played out with, let's say, coworkers or subordinates when you're talking to them? Right. So, you know, everybody wants to be under understood or, or heard, right? And so if you don't take the time to let people talk then they always feel like you're just overpowering them and that your ideas or your opinions matter more than anything which i mean your your opinion and, and voice matters but you if you don't give them the chance to to let theirs come out and then say i'll take that into consideration we'll talk about it and then kind of move it from there 
if you just blow it off or if you even if you don't mean to a lot of times i'm I, i'm that way so if they give me an idea and i'm like i'm already saying i've already been there that doesn't work it's not going to work it, they still want to be heard they still want to know that that message or that idea has has been taken into full consideration really um so just being able to you know kind of sit and talk uh, at least let them talk a little bit I've, i'm in a meeting every week with the company that the owner um, wants to kind of spit his opinion in all the time and it almost interrupts everybody else and so it kind of aggravates people they're not like that i can't get a word in so it's that mentality if, mm-hmm. if we could just as owners or managers or leaders just kind of sit back and let let people speak it, it's kind of the idea of if you're sitting in a round table trying to brainstorm um, about a problem that you're having in the company if you'll let everybody else talk first and then you chime in, then it, and give your opinion at the at the end. It lets them know that that you, they matter a little bit, and they and you care about their opinion. Uh, because if you're the if you're gonna throw out your idea first, everybody else is gonna be like, I don't want to go against that, and mm. they they won't they won't right. give their full opinion. Right, that makes sense. So that's some of the examples and scenarios that that I've seen. Um, I've been having this probably a very similar issue with my 16 year old daughter i have more of a masculine personality so my tendency is when someone presents a problem it's like i go into fix it mode like okay just do xyz problem solved move on (laughs) but when my daughter's coming to me with an issue she'll tell me because i go into fix it mode mom i don't need you to fix it right you know so I have to kind of reel that in and be more conscious of, okay, when she's presenting a problem or, you know, just wants to vent, it seems like more than anything. I'm trying to be more cognizant of, she just wants a sounding board, which I don't really, I mean, I get it, I guess, to some degree, but at the end of the day, I'm a problem solver. Like, we've got a problem, let's fix it. Like, how are we going to make this not a problem anymore? Like, to me, that's the point of dealing with the problem right Right. it's coming to a foregone conclusion right but i've realized not everyone's wired that way so i'm having to learn to be more empathetic as you were referring to in I'm just going to listen and bite my tongue and be a sounding board so that she feels heard. Right. And, so. and, and that's a lot of times as coworkers, that's all they want to mm-hmm. do. I mean, even a manager, a leader, they tend to vent sometimes to somebody. Mm-hmm. And especially if they vent to me, I'm already going, okay, how do we fix this? I'm, I'm, I'm the same way. So, and that's where the personality aspect is. We kind of see is the personality does play a role. And so, when we get into sending and receiving messages, you've heard the term, um, it's not what you said, but how you said it. Right. Right. Yeah. I like to add, it's not what you heard, but how you heard it. Hmm. So there's two sides of that, right? I mean, if, if I'm sending you a message, I have my own tone, my own words, my personality and the mood that I'm in, but so does the receiver. So they've got their tone that they're hearing, mm-hmm. the tone that the words that they've heard which may be different <laughs> right i may have i may say a word and you hear a different word um it's like the telephone game it starts at the beginning and never ends the same so somebody missed and we probably missed hearing it a little bit right. all the way down right and it turned out to be something different so that's really the goal is to make sure that message sent matches the message received tone and all um and the personality plays a big role in that because as a on that working genius from patrick Lencioni, he talks about the 
the there's an you know the wonder and idea people which i'm an idea guy like i'm a problem solver i'm like i'm gonna think could we do this better is this is there a different way of doing this and then i'm gonna come up with an idea now somebody else will take that idea and go okay that's not gonna work uh, my wife in, in particular tells me how many bad ideas I have because <laughs> uh, I can have a lot of them, which 90% of them are probably not very good, but um, that's why I just keep pumping them out and still tell me which this ones are good. This is stuff like the double-decker couch from the Lego movie. <laughs> right. <laughs> so they, they, it's definitely one of those, like, I have 100 ideas a day and she'll turn down most of them, and, and she's, but she's my sounding board. And so she's more of a discerner in that personality role where she's not maybe a, she doesn't do much of the idea stage, but she more takes the idea and can make sure it's going to work or not. Right, right. But that can also come across as criticizing because it's like, well, that was my idea. Like, I like my idea and you're telling me it's not a good idea. So it can draw a little bit of aggravation if all of my ideas are bad, um, which they may be. She's probably right in most of them. But it's me having to realize that that's not. She's not attacking me. She's just attacking the, the idea mm. and saying that the idea needs some work. Maybe the overall idea has some value, but we need to kind of mold it into something that's really going to work a little better. And so that's kind of how we work a lot. And even at home with the home stuff, it's you know we. I know how to. I know when she's talking to me, I can trust her. And part of the you know one of the acronyms in the in the title is trust. And so. I trust her enough to know that she's not attacking me. She's not trying to make me mad. She's just that, I just, I can trust that. And so it allows us to have that conversation, that open communication where I'm not getting aggravated and then lashing back. Right. And then you get in that cycle. It's just hard to get out of Especially Even at work too, it's the same thing. Um, so one thing I've noticed on this podcast, I've talked quite a bit about emotional intelligence, which is a subject I've recently dove more did a, more of a deep dive in i've noticed with people that i've identified as being are having less eq there tends to be a tendency to take what somebody says that may have not even been meant as any type of criticism and it's like in their head there's some kind of filter that turns it into criticism right. of themselves and whenever they repeat what you said back it's completely different and right. it's altered in such a way where now they're saying so basically i'm an idiot or you know something very self-deprecating which is not what was said at all it was just whatever was said was then changed Twisted, yeah. with that cognitation so, have you encountered that, and how do you get past that barrier when clearly this person has a negative self-narrative, right. and everything that filters in then comes and get becomes skewed in that direction? How do you get around that? Right. It's a challenge. I mean, and it's something that it's not a flip of a switch. You can't just, you know, fix it and move on. It's something that's it's, it's growth. It's that developmental growth that you need and this is kind of what we do from for businesses that go in and do this monthly so that they have that time to apply some of the things they're learning but from that standpoint i mean that's a big aspect to why the, those messages messages aren't received because you have a team of people with all different confidence levels and if mm -hmm. one person has low self-esteem low self-image low confidence they're going to take everything as criticism and you're the most critical boss ever you may be the nicest boss ever 
but you're you're so critical and so you're telling you're basically telling them they suck and they don't do their job well which you're just asking questions you're just trying to figure out what's going on but they're taking it that way like right, you're saying because right. of that emotional intelligence so how do you get through that barrier i think you got to open that door of letting them see what the facts are i mean and, and just having that comment this is not my intention to make you make you feel criti- criticized it's my intention to help you and develop you but too many times managers and leaders just walk away from that conversation hoping mm-hmm. they'll eventually either figure it out or they'll leave but you know i'm in the business of developing people and if you if you've got a team you're in the business of people i mean business is, is I don't care if you're a sole proprietor, you're still in the business of people. You have a set of clients, Mm -hmm. you have a set of people that help you in your business, whether it's a website guy or your vendors or whoever it is, you're still in the business of developing relationships. So at some level, you've got to handle some of those conversations. And I think a lot of people, they push people away that that could be really great if you would just spend a little bit of time with them. And let, especially with somebody that's a little lower self um, or emotional intelligence, that, mm-hmm. like you were saying, maybe they didn't have someone that would step in and, and have that conversation. Because a lot of times they just need to know, hey, what what is my intention? Because it, it's making them feel criticized. But if we can come in and, and talk about that and have that open conversation, open, honest conversation, and just talk what we feel. Feelings aren't their feelings i mean you can't mm-hmm. say you, you shouldn't feel that way i mean that's not i mean a lot of people do but it's like well it's not my intention to make you feel that way so i can do what i can do to maybe speak differently to you uh, maybe ask more questions rather than be more direct um, but then again you've got to be able to hear it differently and at least know that that's a possibility so that's really the goal it just and, and it's not going to change after one conversation you're just going to have to continue to make sure that you're having those open, clear, honest conversations so that you can eliminate that disconnect and that miscommunication. So in helping companies improve culture, I would think that if you can help individuals with their self-esteem and having a more positive self-narrative, that that would improve the culture as a whole. What are some ways that leaders can do that well i mean funny you say that i mean i just launched a online course program that one of my courses is personal growth and it's all about self-confidence self-esteem self-image because it, it, it does matter and i face this a lot as the imposter syndrome you know as i started writing the book it's like who am i to write a book like i you know almost failed english multiple times and and I still, I mean, I'm still not very good at grammar, so I've got to have other people looking at it to make sure it's going to, I mean, editing and stuff. So I, you still face that imposter syndrome and the confidence issues, and that's what sales is all about. And so it is, if we can get people to kind of be more confident in themselves and who they are and not worry about what other people think, then the workplace will be simpler, I say, in the sense of, not as much drama, not as much arguing and fighting, more working together. And that's the whole point of a culture is to work together to make you know more money for everybody and more satisfaction, not just the money side. Um, but if you can go to work and you love your job, you mm-hmm. love your team, who wouldn't want that? Right. Um, and so I think that's where, you know, I, I'm building those courses to help individuals in those companies because just like you said, if we can get... If you've got a team of 10 and you can get all of them to be more confident in what they're doing and not assume they're being criticized, then they'll work better. 
they'll work more confident they'll, and then the work is more quality more efficient and you've got more work getting out the door and more customers are happy more money's coming it's just an all-around um good situation so i mean i told you i started this with financial coaching and the idea was to get into businesses and because what i did in prosper was teach these guys personal finance because i saw them making a lot of mistakes in the field because their mind was can i make my mortgage payment friday or can i make my car payment on friday so helping them do a lot of personal finances was in in result was supposed to help them be less distracted at work and they would work more efficiently work harder and and do more for the business and it would also help them as well so it's not just a it's you know personal and work life is not separated i know for the years people are trying to say just hang your stuff at the door all your personal stuff leave it at the door and and work well i mean everything's in here so it's it's hard to 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 hang oh, it on the door absolutely. Uh, you can set it aside a little bit but it's still you're still thinking about right. it right if you got a hard work home life it's going to affect how you receive messages at work so i mean but that's the goal is to to get people i think the challenge or the real the i guess application side of it would be to start small what is something i can be confident in today and then work your way into it so what i did to help me was just i started doing a to-do list weekly so that i would i kind of lay it out what i wanted to do for the week for the business for personal whatever it is and then at the end of the week and i'm like constantly looking at that every day and then at the end of the week i do a review and say okay how much of that did i get done was it 80 percent 90 percent um and don't and it wasn't a hey i didn't get all of it done then now i'm then that would it didn't tear me down to not get all I wasn't expecting to get all mm. of it done so I'm expecting to get a majority of it done and then you got to be honest and say was I did I not get this done because I just said screw it or was there reasons that I was busy and other things came up so it's really being honest with yourself and that self-talk we have a lot of these conversations in our head or at least I do and that's how we can if we have better self-talk against ourselves, because that person that has low self emotional intelligence also has negative self talk mm-hmm. she's they're criticizing themselves and so if you're criticizing yourself that's how you hear everything i mean everything is and right. i'm i'm a lot that way like i've had to fight through that as i've started this business and and i feel like i'm bothering somebody trying to f- make a phone call and they're like oh man thanks for calling me thanks for staying up and following up with me i've been busy and so like Oh, maybe they weren't bothered, you know, mm. and it was all me telling me that I'm bothering them. Mm. So I'm sending myself the wrong message. So if it starts there. And so you've got to be able to start talking to yourself better, like you would want other people. Put right. yourself in their shoes. Right. And then assume what they're trying to figure out what they would say. So I've been doing a lot of reading about brain chemistry, you know, our our dopamine, serotonin, endorphins, oxytocin, all those things that keep us motivated and happy right. and keep our anxiety and depression down and all of that. And specifically on my journey, how it relates to my food, my unhealthy relationship (laughs) with food. That's how I got started on that trajectory and then realized that this is a brain chemistry issue. What's fascinating to me in learning about this is how much our body chemistry, our brain chemistry gets thrown off by our own self-narrative and how our negative thoughts about ourselves basically our body is sabotaging itself (laughs) like it's 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 almost like a predestined like you're setting into motion 
an attack of your own self in a very tangible way. Right. And it's essentially increasing those stress hormones, decreasing those good hormones that make you feel good about yourself. So it's like you're perpetuating it then, right. you know, because now you feel it's, even worse about yourself. I'm feeding the fire. Yes. And I was talking to someone the other day that put it a really good way. She was saying, you know, when you start forming those pathways in your brain, it's like when you see it through snow, you know, somebody driving through snow and everybody's going through the same path because it's the path of least resistance, right? Yeah. And it's then a deep groove and everyone's going to continue following that path. It's the same thing with our brains, she was saying, is that we have these thought patterns that are common. They're, we're, we're used to them, right? It's now right. created a pattern that we commonly follow. It's the path of the least resistance and how we now see everything, you know? Right. And she was saying to actually change our thought pattern, it's now you're going down a much harder path right you're now setting a new pathway no one has treaded that way before so it's new snow instead of the packed snow that you're used right. to treading and so i thought that was a really interesting analogy in explaining how difficult it is in practice right. to change the way you think and it's not something that happens with a snap of a finger right like it has to be conscious and it takes effort yeah. and yeah. you've got to catch yourself because inevitably at some point you're going to catch yourself going down that path of least resistance right. and you have to stop and say like correct yourself like correct the path right so have you had any experience with that or thoughts about that specifically oh absolutely i mean it's got to be you know, got to be intentional i mean if you i remember thinking at one point i was like well that's just how i think you're just going to have to get over it. And, and then it's like, <laughs> start realizing, well, no, that's not right. Mm -hmm. I have to, you know, I may think that at one point, but I can change the way I think. And again, it's not a flip of a switch. And so, but you have to be intentional. It's just any goals, any weight loss journey you're trying to be on, like it takes intentionality. So does the personal growth. And I think a lot of people kind of let the personal growth aside because they mm -hmm. think it's just going to happen naturally. Um, and it may a little bit. But everybody's moving. I mean, nobody's staying the same. You're going to lose some or you're going to gain some. And so I want to be gaining. Right. Um, whether, and I want to make, basically, a lot of my, I guess my mission is to make sure that everybody, if they, if they know what their potential is, how do we close that gap from where they're currently performing to where their potential says they can perform? And so what is that, what is that gap, number one? What are those things you need to work on? So one of the things that, I think would be beneficial for everybody and, and I built the courses so that they can kind of start that process but I would highly recommend finding a mentor or coach someone they can meet with weekly and just talk about it talk about what they're struggling what's going on in their head because that's what's helped me I mean I just walking through I still meet with a coach every week or a mentor and we walk through some of these mental you know negative thoughts that I'm having and he's like where are you getting that He's kind of showing me the facts of, I'm going to lay out everything that goes against what you just said. You're this person, this person, this person. And just because one by one, somebody said something else and you took it that way, mm. now you're, you know, it's, it's adding fuel to my negative fire. So if, you know, you're self-critical, 
then when your wife says something, your your spouse says something to you, then it's just more more fuel mm-hmm. to that fire. And so you've got to be able to say, because there's times where we get frustrated, we get in the moment we're like, you never answer my phone call or you never do this for me, and the reality is never. Like I never mm-hmm. do that, right? I mean, so. But when she says that, it's like, okay, yeah, I never do that. Now I'm criticizing myself for it when it's not true. Mm. Well, and that brings up a good point is words matter. So when communication, being really careful about how we're presenting something and avoiding words that are never, always, which is a very broad stroke and almost never true. Right. So I've been catching myself at that, too, because I'm really trying to make a concerted effort to make sure that what I'm saying is literally true. Like maybe saying generally speaking before you start your assertion. right? Right. So you're putting out there. I know this doesn't apply to everyone. And that goes a long way to helping people not feel defensive. Right. Because whenever you use that always or, you know, put a whole box of people into one, like right. men or women, right? Sometimes yeah. that comes up like, oh, well, men always do this or women always do that. <laughs> then you throw up a yeah, red you, flag you right put there. everybody in a box now and the person that that doesn't apply to is sitting there and they're offended, right? right. So I, I try to get better about using things like, well, generally speaking, you right. know, or sometimes. And that's where I talk a lot about what I call pre-communication. Like, if you know a message may come across wrong or differently, mm-hmm. then say, pre, I mean, basically pre-communicate something. Say, you know, I, I'm not intending this message to be critical. This is just a inf- informational, whatever it may be. But have some sort of statement before um, you go to send that message. So mm-hmm. that they, you kind of disarm them. Just like the, yeah. like you were saying. So, there's a book called Presuasion by Robert Caldini, and this is where I got the pre-mentality. Is He talks about, he, he has a story in there where there, he, he goes into a mall, and they're going to do a survey, and they're going to ask 100 people to help them with this survey. So they go in, and they ask and say, can you help me with this survey? And they ask 100 people. They get 20% people to say yes. But then the next day, he goes back into the same mall and does the same thing, except that he asks them a, a pre-question first. And he asked them, Can, or, or, do you consider yourself a helpful person? And they say, all, I mean, most people are going to say yes, right? And so then he follows up. He's like, okay, well, can you help me with the survey? So you kind of put them on spot in a <laughs> sense. Um, so it's, I mean, a little bit of, you know, manipulation of that to get that. But they went from 20% to 90%. Wow. <laughs> uh, so it's just, it's that mentality of that pre so what is the psychology behind that is it that we ultimately don't want to be seen as hypocrites right i mean we 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 tell this part we just told this person i'm a helpful person now he's asking for my help the question that a lot of times we have is well what does help mean i've done this in training Mm -hmm. is i'll I'll ask the the whole room and say hey will y'all help me with something everybody's like maybe yeah it depends depends on what what." (laughs) and so one person's like oh yeah i'll help you no matter what and I'm like, okay, let's go. We're going to go help me move. And like, maybe not. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> so it, it all depends on what that definition is. And so that's that's the challenge, though. I mean, but in reality, they at that moment, they they don't want to be seen. They just said they're helpful. They don't want right. to be now saying I'm not helpful. Right. There are some of those bold people, the 10% of like, yeah, I ain't doing that. So. <laughs> 
you can, you can get over it. <laughs> but I, I've always liked that because it really just shows kind of where, you know, what you can do before that message, before any kind of sales meeting, you know, trying to eliminate some of that uh, disconnect. Well, and in that example that you gave, that could really be portrayed probably as manipulation. Right. I'm assuming you're not talking about manipulating people. So where would right. that play out, let's say, in a staff meeting? A leader gets up to present something, and maybe it's even a tough topic. Maybe they're having to make a what's going to be perceived as a negative announcement. Right. What would you do to soften that blow? And so, so I mean, first we want to look at, I think... You know, manipulation it has this negative connotation to it, but in reality, it's just changing something, right? It's there is a negative side of manipulation, and the difference would be that manipulation is um, almost—it's it's more of a selfish thing. It's every, all about me. It's I'm manipulating you to fit me. When when we want to, when we're leading a team and we're in that meeting, you're still trying to change their mindset around your topic, and so. Is it manipulation? Well, maybe a little bit, but it's not your scrupulous, selfish mm, manipulation that gotcha. we all think about. So, and, and we most people call it motivational interviewing, and that's one of my character characteristics in the book is motivational interviewing. If you've ever been in kind of a behavioral school or or something for kids, they use that term, and it's trained. They train the workers on that because you're trying to get these teenagers to accept the way of life that we want them to accept that's better for them than what they've been through but it's got to be their idea Mm. and so you're trying you're trying to ask them questions wouldn't this be better to do it this way or that way and so you kind of have to make it their idea not not mine and but it's but the result is it's better for them have you ever seen that movie my big fat greek wedding it's been a long time, but I, th- I think I've seen it. I love the quote from the mom in that movie. And they're they're trying to figure out how to get her husband to agree to let their daughter go to college. Right. He was very traditional, had a very traditional view of how women should, should be, and college was not part <laughs> of it. And so the daughter's really worried that they're not going to talk him into it. And I'll never forget that quote from the mom. She said... The man may be the head, but the woman is the neck, and she turns the head any way she wants. <laughs> it just reminded me of that. <laughs> That's funny. That I don't even remember that much about the movie, but that uh, is classic. Right. <laughs> well, how can people find you if they would like to reach you and maybe get some help with this uh, communication and um culture right my my website's under construction at the moment but they can give me a call at um, 214-843-4770 i'll be happy to answer any calls and come sit down with them and see how i can help you want to throw an email out there is yeah, there a place it, people can email you right it's, it's zach z-a-c-h at all dash around coaching.com awesome well thank you so much for joining me today no problem thanks for having me and I'm Lindsay Klein with Sakline, honest, accurate bookkeeping performed on time and your host of Buy the Books. Our website is sakline.com, S-A-K-L-I-N-E.com. And you can email us at info at sakline.com. Thanks for joining us, everyone. Until next time, have a great week. Buy the Books is presented by Sakline, honest, accurate bookkeeping performed on time. For more information on Sakline services or to get a hold of Lindsay, visit sakline.com or email info at sakline.com. 
The information provided on this website and podcast does not and is not intended to constitute legal advice. Instead, all information, content, and materials available are for general information purposes only. Information provided by Sakline may not constitute the most up-to-date legal or other information. Listeners should contact their attorney to obtain advice with respect to any particular legal matter and should refrain from acting on the basis of this information without first seeking legal advice from counsel in the relevant jurisdiction. Only your individual attorney can provide assurances that the information contained herein and your interpretation of it is applicable or appropriate to your particular situation.